on our special guest this week on Haunting Live Podcast, we recommend you visit our official sponsors for Haunting Live, The Most Gifted Psychic. Visit our sponsor, The Most Gifted Psychics, by calling 866-228-2883 and mentioning code word Haunting Live and receive their promo of 10 minutes for just $10. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Even if you don't like the reading, they'll refund your purchase. Again, visit our official sponsor, The Most Gifted Psychics, by calling 866-228-2883 and mentioning the code word Haunting Live. Welcome to Haunting Live Podcast this week. We are joined overseas today by a very special guest, uh, Connect with David and David Maddock. Thank you for joining us. No, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful having you and uh, joining us today here on Haunting Life to talk a little bit about your background and what you do as a medium, especially overseas in the UK. I know it's a very popular field over there in the UK to be a medium, so you must have lots of competition, but we'll get into that and a little bit about what you do today. So um, first of all, can you introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Yes, I'm David Maddock. I'm 37 years of age and I am a full-time psychic medium practitioner. Great. And um, how did you first get into mediumship? What drew you into the field? Oh, well, Trevor, that's uh, <laughs> quite a long story. <laughs> how long have we got? Um, <laughs> well, uh, where shall I begin? So it started, I believe, when I was around the age of 14, 15, I got run over. Um, but I do believe it started well before the age of 14, 15, which I'll discuss later. Um, and yeah, so I got run over and I had this moment of, I try not to dramatize the, 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 my experiences. I try to keep it very, you know, but I, I, literally all I can say is that I, I literally saw everything from a bird's eye view looking down. And I just had this moment of, it's not your time. Now I didn't see anybody. I didn't, hear anybody i just had this feeling and this warmth of this isn't your time so i literally went to hospital got rushed to hospital walked away with literally a few minor marks uh the the hospital couldn't believe i walked away from it the police couldn't um the car was completely rolled off um a funny story actually of where it happened and those from the uk will probably know the area i'm about to say it's the black country museum um I got run over there and my dad was always, my dad was in construction and my dad was always working away. And at that particular day, the day that it happened, he was actually working on the road next to where I got run over. So my friend who saw it was literally able to run across the road, get my dad and bring him back. Um, Then I just carried on as normal. And I, my mom, when I got to 16, my mom kind of said to me, 
I asked mum, I, I always used to say, oh, I'm intrigued to tarot cards. And this is what takes me back to what I was saying earlier about, I think it started from a younger age because my mum used to have tarot cards. Now, not for public or for, for other people, there's just literally for herself. And she was just intrigued. Now, I remember as a kid playing with like WWE, WWF back then, um, wrestling figures. And I would play and then I'd be like, oh, I know they're in mum's cupboard. There's those cards that I'm really drawn to. So I used to always find myself trying to look at the, the, what my mum had written about these cards, these pack of cards. And so from an early age, when you look back now, I look back and think of a, of a lad of like, I don't know, anything from the age of four to eight, maybe. I'm already intrigued in that path. I'm already intrigued in that subject. Something's pulling me to them. But at the time, I just didn't realise what that initial calling was, so to speak. So I was always interested. But I always used to ask my mom, can I come to a psychic fair? If she had a psychic around the house, can I have a reading? My mom was like, no, you're not ready. You're too young. And when I turned 16, finally, where I, I used to live in Tipton, um, they finally had um, a psychic fair. And my mom said, yes, you can come. So as you can imagine, the excitement just run through my bones. <laughs> and I was there within a dash. I was there. and. Uh, we got there and I just loved it. I just loved it. And I always remember the, the, the essence, the smells of incense and the aroma, the energy. And I just felt this. I think anybody that's on this path will know the feeling of that first initial kind of experience being around this subject. And it just sits with you. And it's, it's as if it's a calling that you're not sure what it is, where it's going. But you know that it's compelling for you. So I'll get to this fair. And I was about 16 at this point. And this lady said to me, oh, you're going to help a lot of people. Now, this lady just read for my mom. And she said to me, I'd really like to read for you. Now, a psychic fair is one of those places where you'll get five, 10 minutes, 15 if you're lucky. But it's just a short snippet of what they can do. And, and you know, so I said, great. Um, you know, she was like, I want to read for you. And at first I was a bit sure, but I was like, yeah, great. I'll, I'll, I'll have a reading. And I had this reading and she was like, David, you're going to help a lot of people, not just in the UK. Like this is worldwide. Now, when I was 16, the Internet was about, but it wasn't about like it is today. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. The only way you could become popular was being on TV. So in my head, my initial reaction was absolute no chance. Like, I'm just a guy from Tipton. How am I going to reach people abroad? How am I going to help all these people? And just I started feeling that she was, oh, she's trying to get me part of some kind of cult or she's trying to get me into trying to reel me in. Anyway, I, I left there, um, but you know when you've got an itch, you need to scratch it, and that's exactly how I felt after she said those words to me. It sat with me for a long period of time, six to 12 months. I would sit there and he would play over and over and over again. So I went and saw another lady, and she said the same things again, which, as you can imagine, freaked me out at this point 
Um, and I was a little bit of unsure. And like I say, I mean, I, I was 17 at this point. I, I was just, you know, I was just an apprentice doing electricals. And I was like, no, no, you know, um, wanted to be with the lads. And when, when I got to about 18, 19, my friend called me up and said, I'm having a psychic around the house. It's she's fully booked, but if somebody cancels, do you want to come and take a session? And because my friends knew back then that how much I love this subject, and I was like, Yeah, count me in. Now, I left electricals to go into construction to follow my dad. Um, my dad was in construction road work in tarmacking, um, so I was in that industry. And when my friend found me on the evening, I just literally I remember getting home. And literally showering because a girl had just pulled out to have a session. And that was my chance to go. And when I went, she said the exact same things again. And I left. And I said to my mom, I said, I went back home and I said, mom, I said, something's not right here. I said, because all three psychics, all three mediums have told me the exact same thing. And my mom like I say, she used to do tarot card. It was literally for herself. I'm not saying she wasn't any, you know, my mom's very shy. She's not one of those who puts herself out there. And it was just literally for herself. But she knew a couple of techniques, what she'd learned from a friend. So my mom says to me, oh, put your hands over my hands, close your eyes and see what comes up. So I did that. And all of a sudden, I remember this feeling, this warmth and it took me back to my car accident and i truthfully believe now looking back and from the experiences i've had and this experience with my mom that it was my nan at that time when i had the accident that was looking out for me because it just you know when you see someone in the street and you're like i know who you are but i can't remember where or you can't remember the name that's what it's like with me working with energy. That's what it's like with me working with spirit. So I felt this feeling of, I know this feeling, but I'm not sure where it sits. So I started to describe to my mom all the things that I was seeing, that I was feeling. And she was like, Dave, you're describing your gran, who, by the way, I never met. I never met my mom's side of the family. And uh, I started telling my mom things. And my mom says to me, well, I'll tell you what, Dave, she went, I, I believe you. you, you're my son, I'm going to support you, you know, obviously there's something there, what you're telling me. She said, but if you can tell me Nan's, my, my Nan's nickname, then I'll believe you, either, like, you know, you've got my backing throughout this whole process. Now, at that time, as soon as she said that, I saw a pair of jeans, as simple as a, a pair of Wrangler jeans. So I said, she's either called Wrangler, which I know is ridiculous, or She's called Jean, Jeans. And she was like, my mom was like, yeah, your name, your nan was called Jean. She said, but she had a family nickname. Now, nobody knows this nickname. She said, but I'm really intrigued to see if she shows it you. So as you can imagine, my dad working in construction is, he's a man's man. Um, and he was very big. Like if my mom had a psychic over, my dad either wasn't in the house or he had no part to play. My, dad, <laughs> my dad's a proper man's man. So you can imagine, um, what it was like for me. Uh, I actually worked with my dad as well in construction. So, you know, it's kind of in, in, in the field, the area that I was in, and I always felt that it was, I was embarrassed uh, to 
say to people, hey, I've got an ink. This is one of my hobbies. And I, I never really fitted in energetically as well. I never 100% fitted in. And I, now I look back and I understand why. But at that time, I didn't understand why. Plus, you, you, it, it must be horrible horrible for people who are, who are hiding behind who they truly want to be because of the judgment of others and because of the industry that they're in. But that was that's what it was like for me. Um, so anyway, going back onto what I was saying, so my dad's a, a big sceptic. So um, next day we, we come downstairs and my dad's putting the kettle on uh, to do a cup of tea. He was in the far side of the kitchen. My mom walks past me. Now, as soon as my mom walks past me, I feel this rush of energy. And instantly, the same way it took me back to my car accident, the same way I knew it was my gran, I had the same feeling of like, oh, I know it's gran. Now, because my mom had validated this the day or the day before, I kind of understood, like, oh, okay, this is gran, this is my nan. So I says, oh, gran's here. And my mom says, what's she saying? And then I looked up at the, something drawed me to the fitted cupboard um, in the kitchen. And above that was a first aid box. And in my mind's eye, the first aid box started coming towards me. And the closer it got, it it's really hard to explain this. Um, but how we're split screen now, that's exactly how it was like for me. So on one side, I've got the first aid box. On your side, first aid box. On the other side, I had Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, Indiana Jones, where the boulder's chasing him. So all of a sudden... The words of the title of the film and the first aid box are getting closer till eventually I got the name Aid and Er from the uh, Raiders of the Lost Dog. The, the, so I said, Mom, it's Ada. And I'll never forget my dad's reaction. I think he dropped the kettle at the time. And he went, how the F did he know that? Because that was, and then my mom says, yeah. And my mom sobbed her heart out. And from that moment, that, that one moment, forget about the car accident forget about me being a child drawn to it that was the moment for me when i realized and hang on there's something more here now the 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 other funny thing is at this time i wanted to start developing it now and my mom knew a lady who could help me and at this time john edward uh, crossing over with john edwards uh, just started on uk living sky tv and I remember thinking, like, I understand how he works. I understand, like, what he's seen. And so, yeah, so it, it all just started opening up for me more and more. And then here we are now. Sorry for the long-winded um, explanation. I do apologize. No, it's great to hear how things worked out for you and how you actually got started into it. So mm -hmm. how your development went as well. So it's great that your family was at least open to it, to helping you yeah. uh, move yeah. on through the development part of it. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. It took my dad some time. Let me say that. It took my dad some time. My dad had to come and see a few shows and it, my dad had to always say like, there's something, there's gotta be something. And now he's just open to it and he supports me now. And like all my family do, to be honest. So. No, that's wonderful. So from there, I assume you started working with these visions that you'd get, these impressions of what they yeah. were trying to explain to you and yeah. you know, how they came to you. Was that sort of how you developed it? 
how you yeah. sort of learned to use those visions? Did they sort of yeah. work that way? or Yeah. And, and even, even to this day, that's exactly part of the way um, that I work uh, is through these visions, the way that I see things, the way that I feel things, uh, how I interpret the energies. Like, I, I can... It, do you know when you drive a car, you get in a car. I don't know what it's like in America, but we drive stick. So when you get in a car, even if you drive automatic, you know how to put it into drive. You know how to put it into reverse. It's automatic. And that's what it's like for me sometimes. It's, it's easier for me to do the process than actually explain it. But just in simplest terms that I possibly can, because I want people to get more understanding about the subject, that it's symbolic it's images so i see these things and whenever i'm in a reading it's like i'm in a daydream so i'm not here and now i'm here but i'm somewhere else connecting i hope that explains a little bit yeah no some ways your visions how you interpret things connect mm -hmm. with you in that certain way for a reason so that's how you're yeah connecting with it right so some people yeah. actually get voices and tell them what to say or what to do yeah. and that's their connection but you get yours through visions which is great too so yeah um was it hard when you were a child growing up having those then like did you understand fully what it meant or did it take you a long time to sort of work that out no it took me a long time to work that out um and and, and it takes me back to the like i say the the the, the worry that i used to carry around with the judgment of what people are going to think of me. Now, bearing in mind, I just left the CCTV company to go into construction, and they are men, men, you know. Um, it's a manly industry, and there's no way on earth I'm telling these guys, hey, by the way, I've just brought myself a new pack of tarot cards, or I've got angel cards. Um, it, it, it was just impossible to even mention that. And then... It started out from there. So I, I went to my mom's friend who started helping me. I started, I went to a spiritual church and over time, I just found it wasn't suited for me. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And I always say to people, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, follow your own intuition when it comes to this subject, follow your own path. You know, just because one person's doing it their way doesn't mean it's the right way for you. So I think it's so important for people to follow their own intuition, follow their own path. And if something feels right for them, then that's it. And it's the, it's the same way with signs, for example. So white feathers are, uh, you know, robins, white feathers, butterflies. They're all massive symbols of spirit or messages. Now, there may be days where you see a robin and you don't feel anything and you're like, oh, okay, that's just a robin. But then there's other times when you do see a white feather and you're like, you have that moment of thinking of somebody that's passed. The instant, the instant reaction that you have, the, 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 first re the first person that comes into mind, I always say that's the person that is saying, hey, hello, I'm here. You know, you've had that feeling about that person for a reason. So it's all about following your own path um, and, and following what you want to do and how you think you fit you know yeah so true especially in the paranormal field it's so wide open there's so many people involved in this whole field that there's going to be times that you don't do things the same way there's going to be times that yeah 
you're in the same area, say investigation yeah. work like we do, but we also involve mediumship in our work too. So it's like we use yeah. everything, right? So, but you're going to run into people that don't do things the same way or that have yeah. developed a different way, but that's yeah. all the same thing. So you have to learn around that. So, yeah. I always say to people as well, uh, whenever I'm doing a reading, I always explain this to people as well, because I like to, when I, when people come for a reading with me, wherever they are in the world, they, they always get like the introduction, the introduction of the subject, and I try and explain it the best that I can to them, so that then they've got more understanding about it. And one thing that I always say is this: there are many paths on the spiritual path. There are many directions that you can go in, and think of it like art. Some people like drawings, some people like paintings, some people like black and white, some people like color, some people like portraits, some people like landscape. Now. That doesn't mean that anything's wrong with the other pieces of art. It's just different ways of approaching, and it's about following what you prefer. So I, I just hope that people get that message, and I hope it helps. Right, for sure. So um, what area did you decide to actually go with then once you started developing? Was there a certain area that you went to, or do you just do mediumship in general, or what kind of work do you do? Day well, day? yeah, I mean... So going back to when, uh, like, I was at work, so I'd always come home and I started, um, I was in construction, I was in a well-paid job, and uh, overnight I would get my angel cards, I'd read angel cards, I'd, you know, I'd, I didn't feel 100% drawn to them, but I'd try and get them. And then literally my mom's friend who was helping me at the time, she knew a couple of people that was like, oh, do you want to read it? You know, David's. And so it started doing a few for my mom's friends and then it quite quickly got bigger. And then, you know, you do something, but you're not doing it wholeheartedly because once again, I was that concerned about the judgment. And I thought this is getting bigger and I don't want people thinking at work, I'm a weirdo, I'm strange. You know, all these thoughts and scenarios going over my head so in my late mid-20s I kind of stopped doing it because I was that concerned about it and now people was kind of like don't you do the readings and I was like no no we used to dabble in car you know try to avoid it and I always tried my best to fit in like I would drink a lot um and that was my escape at the time in terms of now when I say drink a lot a binge drinker so I would drink on weekends it would and I did this, I got in those messes because I just wanted to be normal. I just wanted to fit in. So I fully understand how some people must feel when they're trying to, when they, they're not being their true selves because I'm that scared of what other people think. So when, going back to what you were saying, I do apologise. The When I got to like late 20s, I, I got my own, purchased my own house and I think the energy just changed. And one of my friends was a professional footballer. And we had a discussion and we, we, we're we really close. And um, he said to me, you know, I don't understand people who've got something, but they don't use it. And it really sat with me and it resonated with me instantly. And from there, I was like, you know what? This is who I am. And if you don't like me, then you don't like me. Like, and it, it's a big, it's a tall order to do that. 
because I'm still fighting those inner voices, those demons. But I was like, no, this is who I am. So when I got, I think this was like my late 20s, early 30s, I set up a Facebook page and I was like, here you go. Here I am. This is who I am. This is what I do. And then it grown. And then this year, January the 1st, was the first year, uh, the first date of me becoming a full-time professional psychic medium. So, and here we are. Great. Uh, glad things worked out for you and you followed your passion and what you want to do yeah. in life. So sometimes yeah. that's weird too. Like um, your, I guess, confidence, if you don't have it right away, it might come from an unexpected place. Like you said, you talked to your best friend about um, yeah. your problems that you wanted to go through in life. And he just said that one phrase that really stuck with you to yeah. make you go through it. Yeah. And sometimes that's yeah. all it takes. And I find that too. Sometimes when I'm talking to people, certain phrases or things they say, well, really stick with you so yeah most definitely most well it's even the same now somebody watching this podcast may get the same feeling they they may benefit the same way i did and i hope they do i really do trevor i hope that they benefit and if there's something they're passionate about i hope that they know there's no limitations and tr i try not to listen to the limitations of others because somebody's mindset may be thinking here whereas i think up here so I'm I'm very ambitious or I'm very um you know, just listen to my own voice. And that's the best way to do things all in life, I think, is just yeah, do what you want to do the way you want to do it yeah. and don't listen to about anybody else saying yeah. anything else about it. So yeah. I'm not um, saying it's easy, by the way. I'm mm -hmm. not saying it's easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh congratulations on uh being full time on mediumship and the medium yeah. and uh using that every single day in your life. It must be amazing. Yeah. So yeah. But let's talk about that next a little bit. Um, day to day, uh, what do people usually come to you for? Is it mostly mediumship or do they ask you other things as well? Or Yeah, it, it, it's mostly mediumship. That, that's, that's my forte. That's, that's where I'm more suited. Um, I do use the cards as well because I think a lot of people, yes, they want the validation, but I think the world that we live in, especially from lockdown and COVID and everything the world's been through, I just think that people need some kind of direction and I'll use the cards as a tool just to help them get back on track. Now it's just a nudge. It's like, Hey, you're just going off track slightly. Let me just nudge you back on. I can do the validations and stuff for mediumship and I'll, I'll explain all that to my client and the recipient and, you know, but then I think it's really important that I help them as well on their journey and their path. And I always say my, Biggest thing for me uh, is people leaving me better than when I found them. And that, that that's my main aim. So I will sit with clients. I don't time my readings. I don't say, hey, you get half an hour or you get 45 minutes, you get an hour. You get as long as we need to get you where I want you to be or where I feel like you belong or until you're comfortable. And that's just the way it is. And I've had readings where I, I, I fail as well, Trevor. You know, um, and when I say fail, I don't mean fail. I mean, you know, like the old radios where you have to use the two dials to get the frequency and tune it in. Just think of that like mediumship for me. It's like sometimes I can't get the frequency. Sometimes I can't tune in. That doesn't mean your loved one isn't there. It's just a case of me as a medium. I just can't tune in that time for you. So we'll try again at a later date. And nine times out of ten, it's successful. So... Oh, for sure. Sometimes readings don't always connect with the medium that the sitter goes to, right? Yeah. Like they can have a totally off day and just not connect properly, right? So yeah. 
Um, yeah. Maybe it's the guest or the sitter's energy that's not connecting either. Maybe they're putting up a block yeah. and you can't read them. So. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. To, I understand where you're coming from, from to some extent, but I just feel that it, as, as my duty as a medium, if somebody's sceptical, somebody's blocked, then it's my job to peel back that barrier. It's my job to show them, hey, look, this is what I do. I, I just find it sometimes a bit of an excuse. Now, that's not me being ru rude to anybody, and I apologize if it comes across that way, but I just find it a bit of like, oh, okay, I'll blame the recipient, I'll blame the client, because then it keeps my pride intact, it keeps my ego intact. Whereas you need to, whenever you do this work, there's a lady that I speak to now who read my cards, was amazing, and we still keep in touch now. And she's always taught me, and something that I do anyway, is put the ego to one side. Whenever you're doing a reading for somebody, it's not about you. It's not about how you look. It's not about if you're right or wrong. It's about giving the best messages that you can. And when, when you do this work, Trevor, you get this feeling, you get this sense of knowing that I'm not connecting here properly because it's not flowing the way that it should. Or you get that feeling of like something doesn't sit right. And there's no harm in just saying to your client, hey, look, I'd rather postpone it a later date and try again than try now and it not feel the right way. Now, in readings, Trevor, I always say it's like an onion. We've got to peel back the layers. We've got to get to the core of the, the messages. So there is a process to it. But if, I, if I'm peeling back, Trevor, or I'm trying to get in tune and it just doesn't sit right with me, then I'll just say, I'll put my hands up and, and I'll take full responsibility for that. No, that's good that you can do that too, saying, you know, I can't connect with you right now, so maybe we yeah. should postpone. That looks really good on your point of view as well, that, yeah. you know, you're being honest about your abilities too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, maybe some point later it'll connect better. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've, Trevor, I've, I've refunded clients. Um, if it, it's, it's like you wouldn't go to a shop and buy a T-shirt and it's got a hole in it. You'd expect your money back or an exchange, and that's what I offer. I offer, uh, let's try again. If we have an issue, we can try again or you get a refund because I'm not about, Trevor, I, I don't, it's not like, oh, yes, give me your money and thank you, boy. It, it's about making sure that I deliver the right messages and helping that. My, my biggest goal in my life is about getting people back on track and spreading the positivity and love and helping them on their journey. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at things too. So, yeah, I think the theater or your guest would appreciate that too on their side. That you yeah. know, you'll look at their point of view too. So, anyways, I'd like to go next to um, you sharing some of your personal experiences that you've had, <laughs> uh, kind of growing up and even nowadays in life with uh, either mediumship or spirit connection yeah. or paranormal stuff that you've had happen to you. So. Any interesting stories that you can share with us? Um, I'm j I'm just trying to think. My mind's gone blank. Um, I know that I use my techniques in a, in a positive way, in terms of, and I think we can all do this: uh, the the meditation, the prayer that I do before every reading. But also, I suffer anxiety, and I've got no shame admitting that. And I suffer them that inner voice that tells you you're not good enough, you can't do this. The only difference is when that inner voice kicks in, I'm like, no, I can do this, and I, I choose to ignore it. And going for a walk is just like one of the most 
grounding things that you can even imagine to do um, and it really helps you keep yourself grounded. I remember when I stayed at, when I used to work on the construction, um, I had a really bad experience. Uh, I don't think I've ever spoke to anybody about this. Um, in terms of, we was we was lodging away and obviously this wasn't something I told people. And I just, as soon as I walked in this hotel, I had this funny feeling, like this this energy of, I don't like this place. I, something just didn't sit right with me. And I remember like having like a nightmare that something was pulling me in my dream. This is, and I remember waking up, and I, I remember dream in the dream. I, I I'd, I'd spun round, and when I woke up, I'd actually got I was top and tailing basically in the bed. It was really bizarre. Um, it really freaked me out. It really scared me. Um, and I think having that moment kind of made me realise how strict you've got to be with the subject and how you know you have to take it seriously the work that you're doing um and i always say it's like yin and yang if there's good there's got to be bad so i just think there's got to be a healthy balance that you keep and i always say to people that do this work or to my clients like who say to me oh do we voices every day no um talking about the subject can kind of open me up to the subject but majority of the time i'm turned off and it's like a light you don't leave a light on all the time. It burns electricity the same way I wouldn't leave myself turned on. So there's ways of, of me dealing with it. Yeah, that's interesting. So what do you think that was that was happening to you in your dream that left you kind of To this day, I, I don't know. It was like this um, energy of it was strange. It was strange. Um, and even when I think about it now, it, it's, it's kind of oh, like – it was strange, the strangest thing in the, and it was like this, this, this like shadow was, it was just going, I don't know, it was just strange. Um, and it really freaked me out. But like I say, this is going back to like my early 20s, mid 20s, when, um, you know, I was trying to hide behind everything and, you know, it wasn't something I could speak to people about. So. Do you think it kind of, in a way, kind of pushed you out to, realizing your abilities do you think it was kind of drawing you out a little yeah, bit yeah yeah i think it did i think to to have that kind of feeling made me realize that um you know obviously i've still got something there because like i say at this point it was kind of like i got to the point in my early 20s where like this was not my career like my career was my dad's uh foreman of a gang which is literally like the leader of of eight men and that was always my aim i want to learn how, how he does that i want to following his footsteps and you know i never had the intention of taking on this role of doing what i'm doing but i think from that moment even though it being a negative experience i think that it made me realize like hang on there is something here there is something like you know i need to address this um and if anything it probably gave me the kick up the backside that i needed to make sure that i looked into meditation i looked into prayer a little bit more I looked into the techniques that are available to us to keep us safe and protected. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think experiences that when they happen, they happen for a reason. So I think that was probably meant yeah. to kind of, like you say, kick you a little yeah. bit to push yeah. you in the gear a little bit. Yeah. So most definitely, most definitely. Sounds like it. Like at least it wasn't too terrifying. Like it was a black shadow or something you were saying. So, but that could yeah, be many was, things too. Right. So, yeah. I, I, and that's, that's, that's the strange thing about it. It was just, 
it was I, I was sleeping at the time. Let, let me just be clear on that. I'm not awake at this point. Um, but there was just it was like the room was dark, but everything was in place as the way it was when this happened. And when I woke up, I dreamt that I'm I don't know how, but I'd moved. And when I woke up, I was top and tailing in my bed. I was like, well, how have I ended up here? And um, it really freaked me out, like, at that time. But like I say, that gave me the experience and an understanding of about how serious I had to take this subject. And sometimes it, there's there's callings in many different ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how did you practice day to day after that then? Did you sort of meditate on it or did you kind of, yeah. um, seek extra yeah. help from advice from other people or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, my mom had a couple of friends who I knew anyway. And like I said, started in the spiritual church, which at this point I used to go like once, once a month, if I, if I want, it was just one of them that, you know, it was like, if I got back from work, um, I'd do it, but if not, I, I never put my heart and soul into it, you know. I mean, when I was there, I, I respected the whole church. I, I, you know, I was never, ever disrespectful. I always tried my utmost best. And um, But from there, learning about your chakras, learning how to close down your chakras, learning how to open them up, learning about meditation and prayer, all that kind of helped me. And, and, and like I said, I do with this every day now. And what do you do besides clients? Do you do anything public-wise? Do you do shows and stuff? Or Yes, yes, I do. I do shows all over the country. Um, back in May um, of this year, I just did a show in Eastbourne, which is down south from where I live, um, a total new area. And I think we sold like something like 350 tickets or something. It was just ridiculous. Um, and I'm just so privileged and honoured, like, Honestly, I just to, to, to be able to do this work and be able to reach so many people and whoever comes to my show as well, I always try my best to go above and beyond because so many people are at these shows, like I say, 300, 300 whatever the number was. Um, not everybody's going to get read for. There's going to be like half a dozen that get read for or, or maybe just over, maybe just under. It just depends. But... I never ever like anybody to leave my shows empty-handed or say, "Oh, I didn't get read for," and leave disappointed. So at the end of every show, I allow, I give people a free crystal because I want people to never ever like. I say I'm all about people leaving me better than when I found them, and I never ever want somebody to leave my show and say, "Oh, I left disappointed," or "Oh, I left empty." So that's something that I do, not because anybody's told me to. Um, everybody thinks on my, some people who was close to me when I first started doing it, I used to stick envelopes underneath every seat. So when I used to do like my local shows, it'd be like 200 people, 150, whatever the numbers are. And I used to run around sticking envelopes with a message, an angel card message under every seat. And at the end of the show, I'd say, you've got a secret message. Um, I kind of stopped that when the audience started growing more and more and it just wasn't viable with the seats in the theatres and stuff. Um, but like I say, either way, I try my best to make sure that um, all my clients or all the people that come to my live shows, I'm in the process now of booking up uh, more shows as well. And I'm also trying to arrange actually to come over to the United States. Um, my, I've got a m massive uh, following in the States. Um, uh, you know, I'm just honoured and privileged, honestly. So I really hope that eventually I can get something sorted soon to be over in in America.
that would be great if you can come over. I know we've had some people here too in our area too from your area. So oh, great. So uh, I know it's possible for you guys to make it over here, and we enjoy you guys when you do come too. So. Um, yeah. So, any other projects that you've been working on? Anything special that you've been doing during COVID that you'd like to talk about? Or, uh, well, I've been trying to write a book. Um, this is a book that I've been trying to write for many moons. Um, but yeah, I'm in the process of doing. Uh, I'm trying to do a book. That that's one of my big things as well. And now, as well, the the thing that I'm trying to do now as well is try and get more like vlogging i want to get more videos online i'm i'm trying my best to juggle uh, quite a lot at the moment as you can imagine now that i'm doing it full time there's a lot of pressure on me um to to achieve my, my goals and what i need to do um but i'm getting there and it's going really well so i'm hoping that that will be you know the next step yeah it's definitely hard work but if it's a passion that you like doing then it'll come and it'll flow for you so yeah. Yeah, I mean, the money doesn't even compensate the, the passion I get from some of the messages. I had a lady email me. Um, I read for an Indian lady uh, yesterday, and she sent me the most loving email. It was just amazing, uh, what the, the words that she sent to me. And that, to me, is, is priceless. And that's what it's about. It's about helping people and it's not about closure. People who say to me, oh, I'm coming for closure, then you're coming to the wrong person because I'm about comfort and I'm about closure to me. It's like saying that's the end of something. I'm trying to show that there's something more. So, and also I want people to turn to the next chapter of their page. So that's part of what I do and that's what I strive to achieve um, most definitely. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it too. Because if you come for closure, then it's kind of like you're ending it right there without yeah. reading. So yeah, you yeah. know that person's not going to get their closure, and they're probably going to yeah. end up coming back anyway. But yeah, yeah, most definitely, it's just about like I say, I'm just all about to try my best to deliver comfort and trying to, you know, try and show people that there's something more than these vehicles that we that we move about in, and our soul, the pure essence of what's the driving force within us. Well, thank you so much for being on Haunting Live uh, with us here, David. And I uh, appreciate you being here and taking your time out, especially from all the way overseas. So thank you so no, much. No, no, no. From the bottom up, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes. And um, how can people get a hold of you if they would like a reading from you or more information from you? Uh, if they go to my social media, it's easy. It's Connect With David or my website, connectwithdavid.co.uk. Um, and just send me a DM or they, uh, it's probably best to go on my website, connectwithdavid.co.uk and fill in the booking form. But like I say, I try my best to keep on top of everything. So uh, if anybody messages me, just know that it is me that you're talking to and not some robot or not, not my mom. She's not my receptionist. Not yet anyway. <laughs> oh, that's great. You look after all your own uh, yeah. contacts and everything. But thank yeah. you so much. It was a pleasure having you and, um, We'll have you back sometime here on Haunted Life. Oh, sure. I'd love to come back. Thank you for having me. I hope I've helped. Thank you. <laughs> for sure. Miss this week's episode? Watch it on RIB, Rhode Island Broadcasting. Replaying our episodes every week on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Follow them on social media, on Facebook, or on YouTube.